And welcome to Success at Scale, the podcast that covers business stories from experienced entrepreneurs and startup founders on how to translate business ideas into business results. I'm your host, Greg Stein, and today we're going to talk with Brian Rothschild, one of my favorite people in the world, who is also the co-founder and executive director at the John Lennon Educational Tour Bus. Brian created the Lennon Bus with Yoko Ono Lennon and has expanded the project around the world, everywhere, with corporate sponsors, including companies like Apple, Canon, Montblanc, Gibson Guitar, Yamaha, Adobe, Juniper Networks, OWC, and so many more. Today, Lennon Bus Europe and Lennon Bus US, because it's everywhere, uh, provide young people with hands-on opportunities to create digital media projects, including music, videos, short films, performances, documentaries, live stream productions, and all sorts of other ideas reflective of their ideas and concerns. All of this is taking the John Lennon mission forward. It is magical. And I, I can't wait to get into this with you, Brian. Thank you so much for being here today. Let's talk about you and your background, how you got here. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, it's such a pleasure to be here with you, Greg, and uh, you know, having the opportunity to talk about the Lenin bus um, has been my passion for 25 plus years. Um, really, really excited to look ahead at what we can do, um, kicking off in January 2023 at the Grammys. Um, it's been uh, a long road, like for everybody. It's been an incredibly, you know long and difficult road coming through, um, you know, COVID and everything. And as a program that is really dedicated to providing young people with free opportunities, we've gone to, you know, really hundreds and hundreds of schools. We've uh, impacted thousands and thousands of kids, you know, typically 250,000 young people a year are wow. impacted and coming through the bus and um, involved with our programs across the U.S. and Europe, like you said. So, yeah, I'm excited to, to get into it with you today. All right. So let's go back to the beginning for, of you and, and your background in music and your love for music and, and passion for, for everything that you're involved in now. Tell us about you and your background. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess it all goes back in some ways to my mother, who was a, uh, a classical pianist. She was a child prodigy. Um, you know, she she grew up in New York City and her her my grandmother, her mother really um, and put her into a music school on the Upper West Side in Manhattan because she just thought it would be a good enrichment. But she was particularly talented uh, at it, um, played town hall when she was eight and Carnegie Hall when she was 10 and, you know, spent her youth concertizing and uh, Ended up going to the uh, high school of music and art. Um, and I started playing the piano myself when I was, you know, four or five years old. But, you know, my mom was a, also a, uh, a music educator herself. She taught piano lessons. She taught in uh, public schools. And um, I think that was certainly uh, really, really impactful for, for me. And so pretty early on, I uh, began writing my own songs and creating my own my own music um i uh, you know had lots of jobs as a kid i was the accompanist for a lot of different musical groups a lot of um 
a, a lot of, of children's music groups. I, you know, in, in high school, one of my first jobs was first as the accompanist for um, a, uh, a youth program that was a, a summer program in downtown Hartford, Connecticut. Um, that was a church group with Center City char- Churches in in Hartford, and it was uh, kids um, who were coming every morning for free breakfast um, and music, and they did productions every year over the course of the summer. And so I think I was 15 and 16 when I first started uh, doing that, and um eventually had the bug to write my own musical. So I think when I was 17, um, they produced my first musical that I was the music director director for um, uh, called All That's Gold. And I think it was maybe about 12 or 14 songs. And it was all kids that were, you know, from, uh, I guess, uh, five to maybe about 12 or 13 years old. Um, and so, I don't know, along the way, I kind of forgot about that. And then finding myself, you know, involved in music education and creating a program that was, you know, for young people and, and specifically for a lot of kids who were from underserved communities that were coming from tough backgrounds. I mean, I guess that was something that was in my blood, you know, early on. I didn't really make that connection until until later. But, um, yeah, then I went to... Um, uh, oh, I went to Hampshire College. Um, they had an amazing uh, electronic studio uh, at that point in time. And as an undergraduate, you were able to get into that studio right away. So I kind of got certified to be able to use that probably in my first semester um, and met a lot of other people in that context who were into creating uh, electronic music. Those were really my, you know, my early early beginnings from there i i started writing music for uh tv commercials and doing some jingles and stuff like that and then um i met um david sonnenberg who's a really legendary music manager and we started working together he really liked what i was doing he got me signed to columbia records um with a a pretty uh weird concept that I called I Am Siam, um, got Larry Fast, who was named um, really keyboard player of the year many, many times. Um, he was uh, one of the right-hand people to Peter Gabriel, that was who was one of my idols back then. I loved yeah, man. You know, his sound and his songs and everything like that. So I produced a record with Larry that, um, you know, I, I got to really ex- experience uh, being in the studio, we, we produced it at the House of Music in West Orange, New Jersey, where Cool and the Gang did all their music. Um, and I, you know, I got a lot of a lot of cool p- people to play on that record. You know, from there, I had my trials and tribulations with the music business and the music industry. Um, you know, bartended when my daughter was born. You know, paying the bills. I don't want to just sugarcoat everything. It's tough to you know to do it all. Um, and, um, but I kept working with David in a lot of different ways and he, you know, enlisted me to get involved with his management company. And that quickly, um, you know, grew into uh, the realization that there was a lot of, you know, unsolicited music that was getting sent to us, um, from around the world. And, you know, that sort of prompted the idea of wanting to provide 
um, young, well, really songwriters of all ages with some access that they didn't, that they didn't have. Right. Cause it's so, um, it's really so dependent on connections for, for most of the world. Um, so I don't know, we like the idea of creating a songwriting contest, had the opportunity to, um, pitch that idea initially to, to Yoko, who ag agreed that it, it was something that was really needed, that having access, you know, finding some alternative ways to give songwriters access to the business was, was important. Um, and that was really how I first came to meet her. And, um, you know, in getting that up on its feet, trying to figure out ways to market it, um, you know, how to, how to make it uh, famous, um, you know, I had come up with the idea of this mobile studio and, you know, initially that was in 1997. Um, we launched the first version of it in 1998, uh, with a big event in New York city. Um, and I, I was quickly really smitten with the, uh, the idea of keeping it alive because initially it was meant to just be a promotion for the John Lennon songwriting contest. It was meant to be a spring promotion. We put this studio together, you know, not really knowing what I was doing. You know, I had had studios in my house for, for years. I was always into gear and technology and all of that, but, you know, on a moving uh, vehicle, it, you know, it's some unique challenges that had so to be, so Man. rewind. So rewind. You you yeah. started with this songwriting contest, right? And yeah. you have this incredible background of music, of education, of kind of, you know, giving back in, in the community and, and all of this, this incredible passion. You leverage this together. You you go and you present this idea to Yoko, and then that kind of gives birth to the to the boss. Is that did I get that right? Yeah, you really did because I was, you know, I, I didn't start out trying to create what I call the world's greatest nonprofit studios in the world. I didn't right. start out with that as the idea. I was trying to find a way to do something that was unique and in keeping with the, uh, the legacy of John Lennon. Um, and so, you know, somebody actually had brought me, you know, we were looking at different media plans and different ideas for promoting and advertising the John Lennon songwriting contest, which is still going on. We're like in our 26th year of it now. There's over $300,000 in cash awards and prizes um, every year. Um, we have some amazing, you know, real famous songwriters and artists and business leaders and producers who help us um, with the judging of that. But yeah, the original idea for the bus was as a marketing tool. Uh, to promote the contest. And the first buses said John Lennon songwriting contest. Um, and the idea was to travel the U.S. promoting the contest, get as much media attention that we could go on, you know, a lot of live morning shows um, with the bus. But um, our very first um, was on Good Morning America um, in New York City. That was day one of the bus. It had driven up to <laughs> from Florida where it was built. Right. I had been working um, with Maxell Corporation and Yamaha Corporation of America um, uh -huh. to get that first bus kitted out. Um, and 
drove it up. They drove it up from Florida and sort of delivered it to me in front of our office on the Upper West Side in Manhattan at like three o'clock in the morning. And that was the first time that I actually saw it put together. And it looked amazing. It didn't all work correctly, but it looked amazing. Right. Um, Perfect for TV. uh, Perfect for TV. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we had uh, Wyclef Jean from the Fugees and Joan Osborne, the amazing singer, um, slated to appear on GMA, Good Morning America, with us that first morning. And almost kind of as an afterthought, if I'm being honest, I thought, let's put some kids from New York City public schools on board with these two great artists. And so we had four or five, or I think it was four or five kids that were on board with them. And in the course of the the, the two hours of that show, they really produced the first Lennon bus session, which was creating an original song in a very short amount of time. And so during those, uh, that two hours of that show, they kept cutting back into the bus to show the progress of the song. And then they revealed this first creation at the, you know, in the last few minutes of that GMA. And I mean, you're really fusing like all these different worlds together, right? You're bringing celebrity with TV, with the tour bus, with education, with up and coming talent. I mean, it's, you got it all going on. It's, it's really a magical uh experience i mean having been on the tour bus myself i mean and looking at you on this bus here i mean it's uh it really is uh kind of a magical experience in my in my view you know well thank you yeah i mean look with with john lennon's name on it and with yoko's support it has it had to be and it has to be something that is magical that's inspiring that's worthy of his legacy and their legacy. And, you know, having the opportunity to share that with young people, people of all ages, with teachers, um, with business leaders, um, it's been an honor. It really has been. It's, uh, you know, something that, um, you know, once I was smitten with it, um, I couldn't imagine letting it go because originally it was meant to be a short term, maybe a springtime of 1998, I guess, uh, promotion. And then the idea was that it was going to go back to Florida and be disassembled. And, and that was it. But right. that first day on on Good Morning America was very successful. And we got a lot of positive responses, calls um, and inquiries from the mayor of Boston and the city of Los Angeles and, you know, scores of teachers and school districts that, that saw it and wanted to know how they could get it. And that's when I was like, Hmm, maybe this is something that um, really needs to have a a longer life. And you hit the, you hit the nail on the head though, when you said, imagine, right. You know, and, and the movement that you've created. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you did this human peace sign uh, that's pretty mind-blowing not that long ago. Yeah, I mean, that became, uh, that came much later. You know, we wanted to do something that could impact a whole school or a whole community. Um, And it was really Jamie Walden was on our team who, you know, kept pushing to do these peace signs and, you know, going to schools, which has really been the bread and butter of, of the bus, right? It's, there's a lot of prep work that goes into making successful Lennon bus stops and it takes 
you know, a, a lot of uh, coordination with people that are on the ground. So um, I always loved the idea of, of doing the big human peace signs, but I was also concerned that it was going to be too taxing, you know, for the schools, for the administrations and whatever. But um, once we put that out there as kind of one of the options on our menu of what we could do if, if we came to your community, um, I mean, a lot of people just really they loved the idea of it and, and wanted to support it. So we've done them small with, you know, 50 students, and we've done them huge with thousands and thousands of people in Central Park in New York City with Yoko and a lot of other artists joining us as well and everything in between. I mean, in, in Florida, we did a big one that was something over 3,000 people that was just, all, you know, one high school um, with the superintendent of schools at that time. Um, really supporting it and joining us for it. So it's a way of, um, it's really as a, as a way of getting people to think about and talk about and spread peace, they've been extremely impactful. You know, Mm -hmm. that connection between peace and business, it seems like it would be, you know, how does that even, even connect? Um, And I guess from a business perspective, you know, when I started it, um, you know, and it's, you know, Yoko's made some very generous contributions for sure, but the idea was always to have it be something that, um, you know, the community at large was going to help support, right? Absolutely, it, yeah. It's taken the support of lots of companies like you've, you've mentioned already. And, you know, other world computing is another one that, that has been involved for a number of years now as well. Um, but I didn't talk about peace early on, you know, in my initial pitches going out in, into the world to talk about support for the why, London bus. Why not? Why not? Why didn't that come up earlier? Yeah, because I felt like and I, you know, I know it's uh, well, I just think that, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it was about, um, you know, that was like a hippie thing. Right. right. Like that was right. something that 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 seemed like an you know, that's unrealistic. It's, you know, it didn't seem modern, you right. know, 25 years ago, it seemed like a throwback. And I was worried about, you know, kind of being marginalized, um, you know, and I wanted to focus on the technology. But you really thought to... about the positioning of all this really. Yeah. That's, that's cool to, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I was uncomfortable with it just for myself personally, you know, right. just like the, the idea of it. I, I was worried that that was just going to be a turnoff. Right. You know, in my pitches, and maybe I was wrong back then, but I still think that I was right because um, a lot has changed in these last 25 years. And the the cool thing now is that um, you know people are reimagining, to use the word again, you know what that means, and um, you know having the ability to talk about love and peace and truth. Um, you know, is something that I see more and more people's eyes are kind of lighting up. People want to be involved in positive solutions. They want to be involved as change agents in our society and our culture, you know, internally within their own companies um, and then within their communities. And most importantly, I guess, seeing how kids' eyes light up when you talk about peace, like this is something that adults actually talk about you know, that's pretty special. I mean, sadly, it doesn't happen enough. So having a Lenin bus come to your school, to your community, um, you know, offers the opportunity and it's inspiring for, for, for the whole community, for the students, for the teachers, for the administration. And, 
you know, now, um, you know, kids see and hear about it and they don't even know what hippies are. They have no idea what that association even is. So I, I barely would even, you know, mention it. It seems just like an ancient artifact. Um, and you know, with, you know, and it connects to a lot of really very relevant social, social issues that are on kids' minds, regardless of where you may fall, you know, on the political spectrum, because that's not something that we even get into at all, right. um, particularly. It's, it's really something that's in, in kids' lives on a day-to-day basis. So talking about peace, you know, for themselves, in their families, in their communities, um, and, and bringing that out, you know, to a global level. But it starts um, as a very personal thing. And well, the magic of this, though, it, underneath it to me is not the political thing, not all that stuff. What it really is, is bringing out creativity for the purpose of of giving expression to people and imagining those possibilities that connects to broader peace and social movements and all those things. You know, there's something really special about this, Brian, and I don't see anyone out there doing it. You know, I, I don't, I don't see it. And, and I think there's a lot of companies that are out there that are thinking, Hey, how can we get part of these kind of broader movements, but they don't know how. And it seems to me like Lennon buses and, and the songwriting contest is a great way to do it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's been what it's shown me. Like it's really revealed itself to me. Um, and seeing the appetite that, that so many people have for this. There's a thirst for it. Um, You know, that, that's really kind of, I think brought us to, to this point and our, uh, our newly founded relationship with triple G and wanting to, you know, look for the next generation of partners. Um, You know, we're keeping a lot of the existing partners like Apple and OWC and audio technica and Gibson and others. Um, but, you know, as technology has evolved, as business strategies have evolved, the Lennon buses have evolved as well. And, you know, while we've taken a break with a few exceptions over COVID, you know, the, the excitement really now is, you know, how can we take the legacy of it, the history of the bus and continue to evolve? Because that, that's always been the, the trajectory of it, right? The first bus was about awesome. audio, then we added video in, HD video, and we started, you know, doing projects that were... Um, in, you know, around coding and, and other topics um, and realizing that the, the Lennon bus is, you know, really a great tool for any topic or any subject, right? It could be in social studies, it could be in science, it could be in language arts. Um, it, it really has been shown to be applicable to almost any, you know, field of study and getting kids engaged and being able to share their, uh, their ideas and thoughts you know, their upsets, their angers, like Riz has said, Riz is, you know, from Wu-Tang Clan has been, you know, a big supporter over the years. You know, you want to be angry, you want to express your anger, like pick up a guitar, get in a studio, you know, and today, you know, obviously it's evolved tremendously. Like the ability for young people to create things on their own has just, you know, become, you know, just it's ubiquitous. It's part of the culture now. So showing and working with young people to show them how they can, you know, take advantage of that in better and better ways is what the mission is grown to. 
I love it. So, so if I'm somebody who's out there and I'm uh, in tech and I, I'm a CEO and I'm wondering how to become part of this, Brian, you know what? What's the best way to to get involved in in Lennon Bus and the songwriting contest and everything else that you've mentioned? On the business side of it, um, sure. Yeah, they can reach out to Greg Stein. They can reach out to Brian Rothschild. Awesome. Um, you know, directly to talk about the ways in which. Um, their company and their initiatives can can dovetail with the bus because it's not really just one size fits all, right? right. Um, the cool thing about the bus for you know most all of our companies is that they are uh, attracted to it because it dovetails with what their interests are um, and what their products are, uh, what their solutions are, um, and we're you know always looking for the you know the best and the brightest uh, solutions and tools to build into the bus. And also, um, you know, in other cases, it, it may be about an initiative, an idea, a way of, you know, bringing to people together. Um, but yeah, the, the best partners are those that really want to be, become a part of it. Um, and especially, you know, on the tech side, it's meant to be a showpiece and a showcase for the latest and greatest. So, you know, we work closely together to, you know, to find just the right way to, um, you know, to build them in and to have them become a, a part of the Lennon Bus family and become a part of the Lennon Bus solution. So, so Brian, let's talk about the the uh, songwriting contest a little bit more, and you know the role that that plays in in education and and up and coming talent. The songwriting contest has uh, really evolved uh, over the years. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, we've had a tremendous amount of support from our uh, our corporate sp- sponsors. Um, you know, Gibson, uh, OWC, Audio Technica, Universal Audio, SSL, you know, some of the, the best companies in the world in, in audio. Um, and we wanted to put a pra- prize package together that was going to be of real value to songwriters. I mean, it's open to songwriters of all ages. Um, as a practical matter, and, you know, in recent years, um, it's begun to, it's really skewed younger and younger and younger. Um, Interesting. And, like, and when I you think, say younger, what, what do you mean? Like how old? I mean, I mean, one of our youngest winners recently was like uh, 11, 12 years old. Amazing. Um, that's I mean, awesome. that, that's pretty unique. But that's on the cool. other hand, um, we did just find uh, a 17-year-old girl um, who's a singer-songwriter whose name is Sade Frame. Um, we ran a love song contest um, just this past February, which is something we've done for, you know, for a while. Um, you know, the, the contest is annual. I should probably back up. The contest is annual, right? So mm-hmm. it's open every day of the year. There are two sessions, session one and session two. We're in session two right now. And there are 12 grand prize winners and 36 finalists in each each session. Um and there's two deadlines. One is June 15th and one is December 31st. But, you know, originally uh, there was only one deadline and the contest was annual and there was only one deadline. But everyone's attention span is much shorter. And, you know, because of uh, technology and everything, we we realized we wanted to, um, you know, provide more opportunities in a shorter period of time. So um, we began running specialty contests like the Love Song Contest, which I think started maybe seven, eight maybe even longer now. But um, I think our first winner in the Love Song Contest was Megan Trainer, who was unknown at that time. She's now, of course, a 
you know, a big uh, pop star and very, very successful songwriter. She, um, she won that first love song contest. So we, we, we started toying around with specialty contests, um, you know, to get more opportunity, holiday contests. And then when, uh, when the pandemic hit and everybody was stuck at home, this was really a big pivot point for the contest. So in, in 2020, when that happened, very, very quickly, um, I rallied our partners because the bus came off the road. We couldn't go to schools. Yeah, um, that must have been tough, I started, too. That must have been tough for everybody, you know? Very tough. And um, I mean, just like for everybody whose businesses and whose pro- programs and projects were disrupted. It, it was it was it was really hard. Um, I was fortunate to be able to, you know, focus in on the contest and maybe in some ways that I hadn't been able to because I've just been so jazzed on the bus and the bus has been so important. Um, and, and you know, the you know, the, the, con- the contest costs thirty dollars to enter each song. And the proceeds from those entry fees have been going to help support the Lennon buses. So that's kind of how we we melded them. And if I didn't say it already, the Lennon buses also, after the first couple of years, uh, back in you know 98, 99, spun off as its own thing, finally called it the John Lennon Educational Tour Bus, and it became a nonprofit. It's a 501c3 at this point. Um, but anyway, when the pandemic started, we began running these weekly contests that we called stuck at home and they caught on like immediately because they really were addressing a need. Everybody was stuck at home. We all, we all know that, you know, there was an uptick in, uh, and desire for music equipment, audio equipment, um, all kinds of gear because people were at home and they realized that they, um, you know, wanted to connect to music. And so you know, we didn't know that that was going to happen or not, but we just we just knew that if we started running weekly contests with a deadline every Sunday at midnight Pacific time, um, that we we started you know getting a lot of people wanting to enter um, for lack of anything else to do, and so we went back to our you know our sponsors and asked if they would help support the project um, with that as well. So we you know we started giving away um, scoogs and switches and. Um, all kinds of gear, microphones and headphones and Genelec studio monitors, guitars, like all the really cool stuff that's part of the regular contest and that we feature on the Lennon buses as well. Um, and it was during that period that it began to skew younger and younger and younger. Um, so anyway, back to the story about uh, this year's Lennon uh, love song contest. Yeah. Um, we found this this young young woman, a seventeen year old girl, um, who wrote a song called "Dating Isn't Fun." She won the love song contest, and then you know, really for the first time in the history of the contest, um, she got signed uh, to DOS Communications Management, and uh-huh. she's now managed by them. And so, um, you know, we put her together with. Uh, songwriters that uh, have had big, big hit songs like Toby Gad, who's worked with Beyonce and Fergie and, you know, lots of top 10 hits and Rock Mafia and um, three or four other very successful writers in L.A. So, you know, that started to happen at the the same time as we were running these stuck at home contests. Um, So that's a little little bit of that. I I think I'm uh, I might be getting off the off the road. A little bit, but I did want everybody to understand where the where the contest fit into this. Yeah, um, 
and the opportunities that the contest can offer to songwriters. And so we get entries from around the world. Um, you know, this past year, we got something close to 20,000 entries in the songwriting contest. There are 12 categories, rock and pop and jazz and hip hop, um, and country. Um, and all of that is fed out through JLSC.com, John Lennon songwriting contest. Um, so, um, you know, that was, uh, again, the initial relationship to the John Lennon name, um, and Yoko's support. And it's really grown into um, part of the ecosystem of the bus because it's, it does help to support the Lennon buses. So let me let me just bring it back to you for a second, Brian. You you went through the ringer with with COVID like many people, um, you know, and, and the course changed on you. And, you know, a lot of people are still, you know, struggling and, and hurting out there. You know, but there's something special about you that no matter what it is, you talked about it earlier in your career. You talked about it with COVID. You talked about it with other challenges. You know, when you face a challenge, you seem to somehow pivot and work your way through it. What what tell us about your kind of philosophy of, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this, your philosophy of of your approach to uh, melding creativity and business. You know, I think it's this. If you're having fun, you're making money. Somebody taught me that a long, long, long time ago. And it's kind of silly. But for me, anyway, it was kind of true. Like, I I like to have fun. I like to inspire fun with other people. Um, And if I I stick with that, then it seems to work out. Um, You know, that doesn't mean I didn't have my, my down days because, again, you know, I've been working on these buses for, for years, and with the exception of around the holidays, they're pretty much out there nonstop doing, you know, doing the good work. If it was not at a school, it was out on tour with a big artist, and we were bringing students to the venues and showing them career paths um, in the industry that kids never, you know, get exposed to. Like, they frequently just know the, the star that's on stage. They don't realize that there's dozens and dozens and dozens of people that have, you know, pretty decent paying jobs that, um, you know, make them happy, you know, that are involved in fields that make them happy. So um, my approach has, you know, when successful has been to, um, to, to try to have as much fun to share that fun with other people, but, you know, also, you know, the old, uh, you know, you got to get a lot of no's to get, you know, to get a yes. So, you know, I guess I've been, um, you know, in some ways uh, I've been realistic. In other ways, you know, I didn't want to be too realistic. Like I, I had a dream for what the bus could be and what the buses can be, you know, going ahead. And you have to just keep going after it. You know, at, at this point, um, you know, for me, there's a mission. Um, and the mission, you know, especially now that I'm, I feel like we're getting back on track. Um, the mission is what is really what really drives me. You know, the kids deserve it, yeah. um, and that that really fuels me. And um, I want to share that with with people who are in positions of power, in positions of leadership, um, and you know, try to keep growing it. You know, before COVID, we were working on a Lennon bus for Australia. Wow. I've gotten pretty far down the road with that. We got you know the. The parliament in Australia excited about it. Wow. Um, you know, they they brought me over there, and it was really uh, 
um, a labor of love for some of the senators uh, mm-hmm. that originally had found out about the bus there. There's a you know one of the most famous music uh, promoters in Australia, um, Michael Glenn Chuggy, as he's known. Um, you know, became really impassioned about it, and um, he's really famous over there. Um, went over and, and uh, they took me up to some of the most remote parts of Australia to the Aboriginal communities where, you know, those young people have been completely disenfranchised. And, um, you know, I met with Aboriginal leaders and, you know, they began to put together with Parliament's help, you know, budget um, and the means to build a, a new Lenin bus for Australia. So um, we're trying to, you know, kind of reopen uh, that project as well. There were funds that were put aside by the parliament for the building of this new bus. And we've begun to work with Apple and some of our other partners on, um, you know, bring, bringing that to life. But um, I would say, you know, having a mission that you believe in, um, whatever that is, um, is the key to, you know, keeping, keeping it going, right? You know, because if it's, if it's just about, um, you know, making it through, then um, I think, you know, it's easy to get weary. And if it's if it's just about the uh, the metrics, then eventually your well is going to going to go dry. So anyway, that's a little bit of it for me. No, I mean, there's so much, you know, goodness that you have around uh, the work that you're doing. And and the mission is so clear and so powerful uh, and so moving, quite frankly. I mean, you know, to get a next generation of of kids excited about music to uh, extend the joy of, of music creation and play and fun. And yeah, I mean, there's just so much good stuff here, Brian. I love it. I love talking to you. I love hanging with you, but I have one more question for you. Yes. What is next uh, for, for the Lennon boss in the songwriting context? Uh, where, 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 where do you go from here? Well, I mean, you know, a big thing that I'm, I'm focused on now is our new relationship with Triple G Ventures and the opportunity to uh, to share the projects um, with more companies. Um, you know, getting getting the right kind of help to uh, to scale it to get even bigger. Um, you know, I was uh, I, I really was very inexperienced when I started it as you know as as far as uh, you know how to deliver value. Right. Uh, to companies, right? Because, you know, the companies that get involved in this, they, they believe in the mission. Right. Um, you know, they, they love the idea of it, but they're also in business right. and they want to know that their investment is going to have a return. And so I did have to learn how to, you know, make that viable. I did have to learn how to, pr- you know, provide reports. I had to learn, you know, how to demonstrate and showcase the effectiveness of, of what we were doing and how to be able to, you know, take this incredible vehicle that we have um, and, and turn it into a machine that could work on behalf of our partners. So, um, you know, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, having your help, having everybody on Triple G's, uh, you know, on Triple G side of things, you know, help in, um, in getting even more sophisticated with how we can do that. Because, you know, I guess I've been, uh, I've been, you know, I've had a great team around me, um, you know, for all these years um, on, you know, on many levels, but I've also, you know, it's also been squarely on my shoulders, right? I've had to do a lot of it myself. And, you know, I do want to, um, you know, without getting 
you know, uh, too much. And I want to make sure that the buses survive after I'm gone. And, you know, after Yoko's gone, you know, Sean's getting more involved at this point now as well. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking to, uh, you know, to, to kind of let go in some ways and open myself up to new opportunities, new ways of, of looking at it um, so that it can be the most successful John Lennon educational tour bus that we've ever had. Well, I can't begin to tell you how humbled we are at Triple G to to just even have this time to talk to you, let alone actually work with you on collaborating and bringing in more partners and more people to be part of this absolutely beautiful mission. It's something that's very, very close to my heart uh, and uh, just absolutely uh, amazed uh, and honored to be part of it and uh, excited for what's uh, what's to come. So let's let's do this. Let's tell everybody uh, where they can learn a little bit more about the bus if they're if they're listening and they they made it this far in the podcast and they want to know where can I learn more? Where can I sign up? Where can I get involved? Where do I go, Brian? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can, you know, our socials are certainly important. They were on uh, Lennon Bus Instagram, Facebook, on our Twitter, our website, which we're going to update shortly, LennonBus.org. Um, you can see a lot of the, the content there. Um, you know, obviously, you know, all of our projects and, you know, if I haven't said it, you know, the bread and butter of the bus has been content production, right? So uh, every day that we're working with students or big artists, um, we're creating original music, original video content, and that's been all, you know, that's all fed out on our Lennon Bus YouTube channel. So you can see all kinds of, you know, unique content that's there. And typically most of the projects are single day projects. We've done all, all sorts of things, but the, you know, some of the magic and mystery of it is that, you know, students come on and by the time they leave at the end of a single day, we've collected all of the assets for an original song and an original video piece. Um, And there are many different, you know, sort of iterations of how we've done that. We've gone deep and done, you know, projects that are focusing on uh, social justice and gun violence. Um, You know, we've teamed up and partnered with the city of New York and Los Angeles and Miami and lots of municipalities and um, all kinds of organizations like NAM and the NAM foundation. Um, you know, to look at, you know, different issues that are of relevance and importance to students and, and communities and develop documentary projects around a lot of these topics. So it just continues to, to grow and snowball and into, uh, in, into different uh, versions of what the Lennon bus can be. So I'm, I'm hoping that it can continue for, for a long time. And as technology and business progresses, so will the Lennon buses. Absolutely awesome. Brian Rothschild, uh, you are an amazing guy. I can't believe I had an opportunity to share this conversation with you and everyone else that's listening. Uh, Thanks for being part of this. Uh, Thanks for working with us and and just couldn't be more excited about what's to come. Uh, For anybody that's listening, uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, please like, share, subscribe, all that good social media stuff that everybody does. Uh, We'd love to spread the word about uh, the John Lennon Lennon educational tour bus. John Lennon educational tour bus. Anybody wants to get involved, come help me drive this thing, okay? There you go. There you go. Brian, thanks so much. For anybody else that's listening, peace. That's it. Imagine peace.